welcome everyone to the uh, dental water cooler session for this month, June. Thank you for indulging me a week later due to my travel arrangements last um, last week where I, I, yeah, I was meant to be on a plane, but um, those arrangements were changed at the last minute. But anyway, thank you for making it this week. The dental water cooler for the ultimate patient experience is on the second Monday evening of uh, each month at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And today we'll be talking about how your um, use of technology in your dental practice could be inadvertently sabotaging your business, which is quite a scary thought really, isn't it? Um, to think that, uh, that that could possibly be happening. But uh, believe it or not, um, you may unknowingly be allowing technology to kill your dental business. I'd like to thank Equa Marketing, the leaders in digital marketing for dentists, for sponsoring this uh, water cooler event. So, big question about um, dental, about technology and how it uh, is impacting on our dental business. Just think to yourself, for those of you out there who are old enough to remember, what life was like when cash registers were just cash registers and we would go to the store and we would pick up a newspaper that was going to cost 10 cents and we would hand the storekeeper a 10 cent piece or a dime and they would allow us to walk out with the newspaper. Now we have to scan the newspaper and wait for the computer to recognize because the computers are doing stock takes as well. And these simple processes that we used to um, have that, was, that, that uh, were easy to manage are now becoming very, very complicated because a lot of the time is spent on, um, on other things apart from the service in the business. And sometimes I wonder in dentistry that we actually have um, technology being added into the dental business by people who just uh, have just really looked at it and thought, well, I wonder what sort of technology I can invent. So let me tell you a real life scenario that happened to me way back in 2013. In 2013, I started working um, a couple of days a week in a practice down near my farm. I had two homes, one in Sydney, uh, where I had my main practice, which I had sold and I was working three days a week there. And I had a farm down two hours out of Sydney and I decided I'd uh, help out the dentist there by doing uh, a little bit of work for him and his wife in their dental practice. And uh, little did I know that uh, technology had invented uh, something new in the dental business that I wasn't using in my practice. And what was happening, I was uh, working away on a patient at uh, this friend's dental practice and all of a sudden my dental assistant who, had, uh, been, who was sitting beside me uh, just spoke for no reason and she said these words. She said, yeah, next one's here. And I thought, what does that mean? What, 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 what is happening? Because I was unaware of what was actually happening. And what had actually happened was that she was viewing the, uh, the, 
the operatory computer monitor, which was positioned behind me. I wasn't able to see it. It's positioned behind me, but she was facing that. And she had been able to bring up the appointment schedule on the monitor, whereas I always had the patient's charts on the monitor. And somebody out at the reception in the dental practice had, uh, had indicated through the appointment schedule that by a change of colour in the appointment book that my next patient had arrived. Now, this is a, a feature that I did not use in my own dental practice. And one of the reasons I didn't use it was it, it became very, it, I felt that this was a very impersonal way of allowing me to find out that my next patient was here. Firstly, for the patient that I was treating in that treatment room at that time, imagine what they thought. What did they think when the dental nurse just goes, yeah, next one's here. Do you think that they thought that maybe an hour before the dental nurse had said exactly the same thing? She said, yeah, next one's here. And that this person, let's call her Mrs. Brown, was labelled as, yeah, next one. The second thing is, what would the patient in the chair think when she hears this sort of a comment? Would she think that it implies, hurry up? your next one's here, stop dawdling and get finished on this patient, your next one's here. Really, I couldn't see any positive in the announcement of the, the, the next dental patient by using technology. I, I saw no positive in this at all. I saw it as being totally detrimental. Here's what we did in my practice. And here's what we kept doing in my practice when a new patient arrived. So when a new patient, sorry, when, when, when the next patient arrived, when the next patient arrived, they were greeted at the dental reception by one of our front office concierges who would usually beat the greet and would say, oh, good morning, Mrs. Brown. Thanks for arriving early. We love it when our patients come in early. Just let me go down and sit, let Dr. Moffat know that you're here. here see if we can get you in a little bit sooner. So that's the greeting that the patient receives. And then the receptionist or the concierge then goes down to the treatment room, walks into the treatment room where I'm a patient and my dental assistant, and she walks in and she, she says, hey, Dr Moffat. And then there's just a, a momentary pause, just so that my mind engages, is here for her 10 o'clock appointment. And I've thanked her for coming in early. And then I would respond in a couple of different manners. I could say, oh, that's great. I love it when patients come in early. Or it would uh, also um, be implied to Mrs. Smith, who was in the chair at the time, saying she would hear, oh, they like it. They encourage people to come in early and they like it as well. The other thing that I could do, I could say, oh, Mrs. Brown's here. Oh, fantastic. Oh, Jenny, can you ask Mrs. Brown how her holiday was? Can you ask Mrs. Brown how her dinner party went last week? Can you ask Mrs. Brown how her new granddaughter is going? And we could create a little bit of conversation that patients are more to us than being just teeth and credit cards.
that they're actually human beings who come to us for a relationship and they get dentistry done at the same time. Really, really important thing to think about. It's no inconvenience really for the concierge or the dental receptionist to just walk down and verbally announce the arrival of the next patient in a conversational manner so that everybody gets to join in. But more importantly, that the patient in the chair feels like there's not gonna be a rush. I'll thank them for coming in early. Let them know that, I, that I'm running on time. Let them know that I'm, that I, that uh, everything's going well and I'll be seeing them on time. A little bit of reassurance, but, but also for the patient in the chair, that they're not just there as a typodont with their mouth open, having their tooth drilled. And I found this really, really important and I, and I couldn't understand why any dental practice would want to create a buzzer system, a light system, a non-verbal communication system that didn't allow the patient in the chair to feel like they were being represented, that they were actually being acknowledged. Now, let me tell you how this also then pans out with the announcement of the hygiene examination. Because again, I've seen dental practices where the dentist just gets buzzed that it's time for him to go and do a hygiene check or worse still, the dentist decides that he'll do a hygiene check when it suits him or suits the dentist, sorry, I'll, I'll use him, suits the dentist as opposed to when it suits the hygiene patient and the hygienist. And again, th this is a whole nother um, presentation uh, away from the technology, the fact that if you really want to maximise your return out of hygiene in terms of using the hygienist for pre-diagnostic examinations so that the dentist comes in and confirms the findings of the hygienist so that the hygienist calls the dentist at a specific time every hour on, on the hour. If you want to do that, then the theatre of the hygienist coming in and actually requesting the dentist to come to them is far more advantageous than the dentist just getting a light flash or a buzzer flash or the dental assistant just saying, hygiene check, room five, which is just so impersonal. Now, I know a lot of dentists protest and they say, well, you know, those... Um, you know, the patient that I'm treating for restorative will feel disadvantaged that I've got to go and do a hygiene check. Well, guess what? Twice a year, sometimes four times a year, that patient is the patient that's having the hygiene check. So your restorative patients understand that this is what just ha what has to happen from time to time. And often your restorative patients are welcoming of a small break just to rest up before the completion of their restorative appointment. They're understanding. And if you've got a really good dental assistant, your dental assistant can engage your hygiene patient in your restorative patient in conversation such that the restorative patient doesn't even mind the small intermission while you go and do your hygiene check. 
So again, there's conversational familiarity that occurs when you do verbal handovers as opposed to technological handovers and requests. So the hygienist would come in, and in, in my instance, and I had a, a very punctual hygienist who you could set your clock by 20 minutes before the hour, she was in my room and she would stand in a certain position such that I would see her feet and feel her presence beside me without her having to speak until she was in that position. Because again, her visual presence alerted me that she was going to become vocally present as opposed to temporary hygienists who would just call out from the door, a check up when you're ready, which is a very poor way of doing what I'm just about to explain to you. The hygienist would walk in and she'd stand there and I'd say, oh, hello, Stacey. She goes, good morning, Dr. Moffat. Good morning, Mrs. Brown. I put in the chair, who she knows because she treats her for hygiene. Dr. Moffat, I have Mrs. Smith in the chair. She's back for her routine six-month hygiene appointment. There's one or two things that I need you to look at. And I'd say, oh, ask Mrs. Smith how her daughter's graduation went. Ask Mrs. Smith how her holiday was. Well, and Stacey might say, well, actually, Mrs. Smith brought some photos. She, she wants you to have a look at them. Again, it becomes a conversational exchange and it brings everybody into it as opposed to patients just feeling like, eh, 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 I'm on a production line. Lastly, I want to tell you how technology is absolutely destroying your appointment schedule. I saw this at a specialist prosthodontist dental practice where I was sitting out the front with the receptionist and the patient was brought out by the dental assistant who would just say, we need 60 minute appointment for a crown on the one six. For my American friends, that's tooth number three. But um, that's all that was said. And then the dental assistant would leave and the dental receptionist would say, look, I'll just wait for it to come through on the computer what was done today. Again, the lack of personal vocal voice handover created a state of confusion for the patient. In my practice, the dental assistant would have already received a handover from the dentist as to what was done, what the patient's going to feel, what's going to be done next time, when that needs to be done by, what will happen if we don't do it in the time frame suggested. You got those five things? What was done today? What is the patient going to feel after today? What are we going to do next time? When do we need to do that by? And what will happen if we don't do it in the time frame that we recognize? Five things. Now you can see in that abbreviated handover of the prosthodontist, what was done, what the patient will feel, they weren't covered. What we need the next appointment for was no time frame no urgency or fear of 
failure if it isn't done and completed in the appropriate amount of time. And yet a verbal handover like that will only take maybe an extra 30 to 45 seconds if it's done properly. You can add five other things which are more personable afterwards, thanking the patient for their time, thanking them for being a great patient, um, wishing them good health, uh, an act of secret service, discussing something that they discuss, and an above and beyond moment as well. So you've got five other things as well, which a computer just can't do. The computer cannot do those verbal things. And what we found was that with our verbal handovers, especially about scheduling the next appointment and creating that certainty, that clear next step, this is what you had done, this is what you're gonna feel, this is what we're gonna do next time, this is when we need to do it by, and this is what will happen if you don't get it done in that time frame. If we don't create that clarity, guess what? We create a confused patient and we allow a confused patient to either leave without an appointment leave promising to call, but they never do, leave with an appointment that they're not gonna keep, leave with an appointment that they're gonna cancel, leave with an appointment that they're gonna put off. It's only verbal exchanges between people who like each other that creates that certainty. And for those dental practices that I coach that are following the, this protocol of creating that clear next step for their, their departing patients, what we find is they have a, a distinct lowering in the number of cancellations that they, they are experiencing in their dental practice. And so I often get practices that say to me, well, how do I reduce cancellations? Well, you reduce them by setting up the next appointment in the appropriate manner in the first place. And it can be just the same again, we, we go into a fourth example now, that online scheduling can also result in increased cancellations. Patients scheduling online, but without any personal follow-up. Now, having an online scheduling facility is very good, but we need to back that up with verbal contact of the patient or subsequent contact of the patient to personalize the process. Now, speaking of online scheduling, I know that the restaurants do it all the time. I know that hotels do it all the time, but wouldn't it be nice if the restaurant was able to recognize that there was a special occasion when you were booking? I'm booking my, my husband's 60th birthday. I'm booking our 30th wedding anniversary. I'm booking to celebrate my husband's 20th anniversary of working for his employer. He's got a big night on. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have the same touch with our patients? Oh, they're booking for a clean, they're a new patient. What's the reason for the clean? I've got a job interview. Oh, it's been a couple of years and I've got a little bit of bleeding. If we get information like this before the patient comes in so that we're prepared as opposed to, well, what would you like me to do for you today? Or not even that. Well, 
let's open up and let's see what's going on inside there without even asking them. So sometimes when we look at the technology of, of things, why the heck can't we just do things verbally? Why the, th why the heck can't we? Why can't we engage with the people? Treat them like a human being. Because I think if you find that if you start treating people like human beings, you will find that you get more engagement, you build a stronger relationship. And if they believe they have a relationship with you and with your staff members, then guess what? They're going to want to come more. They're going to want to get the treatment done. They're going to trust you. They're going to believe you. And they're going to stay with you. And they're going to refer to you as well. So it's a pretty simple fact that sometimes the use of technology is in fact killing your business. In fact, my wife was just on the phone to a, a dental office in America and she was talking how she had a, a reservation with a hotel chain, but she wanted to add another room because her her son was coming to stay as well. And so she wanted to book another room. So she just rang the hotel direct and the hotel said, Oh, you can't do that. You'll have to go online and make the booking. Hello. They actually had a customer there who actually was on the phone and wanted to make a booking. And the hotel chain said, no, go away and do it the way that we want you to do it. As opposed to giving as opposed to giving that customer what they want, which is a reservation and certainty that they've got the room and possibly a little bit of conversation. You know, I'll, I'll see if we can get those to be adjoining rooms. So I don't know if anyone out there has any questions or any examples or any, um, any stories to tell on this. Well, one thing that happened here in the U.S. over the weekend was it's not dental related, but like Target, their cash registers went down for two hours. They were oh. out of business for two hours. I can see how that can happen in dental offices when your software goes down. You can't book appointments. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, that, that, in fact, I remember one of my... Um, I had a Saturday dental assistant and she worked at a practice uh, Monday to Friday across town. And she said, yeah, they didn't know who was coming in. They just had to sit there and, and wait. Because at the, at the end of each day, we would print off copies, paper copies of the appointment schedule, at least for the next day. And those paper copies of the appointment schedule were just sticky taped up onto a onto a, uh, a, a cupboard uh, door in the treatment room. And so when the, de the dental receptionist or the concierge comes in to let the dentist know that the patient's here, they bring in a, a, a yellow highlight pen and they just highlight the name of the patient as well so that the dentist knows exactly where they're up to. And so we, ha we always had that paper copy as a backup, but for, for, for the total paperless office, Layla, um, the the yeah the quest for paperless can actually be 
um, detrimental, can't it? Yeah, because what you're talking about and thinking about Target this weekend, that could be a disaster for a business. Well, all they would have had to have done, why, why couldn't they, what, what, the cash registers wouldn't function, so therefore uh, that, mean, that means they can't, because the computers, the cash registers run on computer, mm -hmm. which are linked to the, the electronic sales machine, so they can't even manually process um, credit cards. Wow. And some of the stores ended up closing for two hours while they got the machines back up. Wow, that that would that would be that was disappointing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that reliance on technology. I I know a periodontist down here in Sydney who um, he he uses a paper appointment uh, book because he said he likes to see seven patients an hour, and the computers only divide them up into uh, fours and sixes in the hours. So he can't get seven lines, whereas he can write seven names uh, in a paper book. And so that's that's quite amusing, isn't it? He streamlined it that he can get a seventh patient in the hour. He runs on on eight and a half minute appointments, not ten minute appointments. Technology is beneficial, but we're becoming too reliant on it. Yeah. Well, it's, um, I remember, I remember at dental school, I was, uh, I, I was uh, issuing a patient with some partial dentures, top and bottom, and they were wearing them. And the instructor came to me and he said, um, he said, these look pretty good in the mouth. He says, all right, let's get them out of the mouth and see how they look on the, the articulator, you know, the, the, the machine that, that holds them. And I said to him, I said, why are we doing that? And he didn't really have a reason because it, the patient's not taking the articulator. The, the articulator is just a mechanical version of what the patient has. And you can see everything the patient's going to do with them by looking at the patient's mouth. So I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why, why it was relevant to take it back and put it on a machine when it looked good in, in the mouth that it was going to be worn in. But uh, that might have cost me a few marks, that comment. <laughs> that challenge, challenge from the floor. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, those are real-life experiences. And, and sometimes we do get swept up in the, the thought of technology being something great for our, our business. And, and I know at this point in time... Um, you know, a lot of dentists are, uh, are moving away from impression materials and moving towards scanners for, for taking um, images of patients' mouths. But the, sometimes the, the use of the scanner is far more time-consuming than, you know, the three minutes of impression material. Uh, but, of course, it saves time later on because you can digitally send the... Um, send the image to the laboratory and then get the, the product made. And of course, you, now we've, we've got 3D printers that can make restorations as well. So it's interesting to work out what, where technology is going and what our uses of technology can be. But um, 
certainly, you know, going back to to computerized to non-computerized paper records of uh, patients is uh, is definitely time consuming and uh, and also uh, space consuming as well. And I don't think we're ever going to go that way. Sometimes even the digital, the digitally recording of a, a patient's um, restorations and their treatment plan take a lot longer in treatment room than if it was just charted out on a, on a paper chart with a pen and then entered at a later time so that it didn't hold up the dentist, didn't hold up the treatment room, didn't hold up the patient. And so some dentists do get tied up in, in making sure that their digital records are, are correct at, at the time of doing them, but the patients are delayed and productivity is delayed because technology has to be, the technology monster has to be fed. So some interesting conundrums still in dentistry. And that is very true. And that comes back to what I said at the start. You know, you've got a, a 10 cent newspaper in one hand and a, and a dime in the other hand and you just want to make an exchange. And they say, oh, no, I've got to scan your paper. <laughs> but you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I need to scan it. Yeah. And, and, and it's all part of stock take at the same time. So very, very interesting. But uh, lack of... Um, that lack of communication with the patient uh, in that practice that I was working at. And it was interesting that the, the when I suggested that I would like the, the front office people to come down and announce to me the next patient, they loved the idea. They actually loved the idea of actually getting up, going down the back and then coming back and reporting back to the patient. They thought that that was great. Whereas when that doesn't happen, when, when they, the receptionist just sits there and presses a button on the computer. Sometimes that action is actually an inconvenience to what the receptionist has been doing, which may be nothing, which may be something clerical or maybe something conversational with another person in, of the office team. And that's also a, a detrimental action to inspiring confidence and, and friendliness to the arriving patient as well. So, there's a, there's a whole list of, of subtle non-verbal um, signals that we send by actually behaving non-verbally. And, uh, and those can be detrimental to the business. And a lot of dentists don't realize this, you know, that, that they're allowing technology to take the place of, of conversation and focusing totally on doing their marketing and doing their case presentation in the meantime, the patient's arrived and is ignored and sinks, sinks into the depths of um, despair and anxiety while they're waiting that they may have decided by the time they go down to the treatment room as a new patient, you know, I'm not coming back here. These people don't even care about me. And yet we think, oh, well, we're so technologically advanced because we were able to press a button and let, let the dentist know down the back that his next patient was here. 
as opposed to going down and letting the patient, letting the dentist know that the patient's here and then coming back and saying, you know, Dr. Moffat said, thanks for arriving early and uh, it looks like he's running on time and you'll be seen um, on time. Or it looks like he's running a little bit late. Is that okay? And they go, yeah, that's fine. Tell him to take his time. Again, just engaging with the patient. How's, you know, sometimes we end up avoiding the patient and, uh, and we wonder why we have high cancellation rates. Really crazy. Have you got any more questions, Layla? Um, no, that was it. Well, I think um, if that's the case, then um, I'd like to thank Equa Marketing, the leaders in digital marketing, for sponsoring this water cooler event. It's been, again, a, uh, a chance for me to share my wisdom with um, the dental water cooler population out there. And the date of the next dental water cooler will be in July, and that's the second Monday in July, which is the 8th of July. Is that correct? I believe so. I'm double-checking that right now. Yeah, I've got it here in front of me. So uh, 8th of July, 8 o'clock New York time, Eastern time.